All right, welcome into another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Visual Identity Vault. The Visual Identity Vault is the official merchandise supplier of the greatest people you've never met. You can pick up the basics like t-shirts, hoodies, to headwear, and premium wear. The Visual Identity Vault is a full-service decorated apparel and marketing business located in my hometown of Fairmont, Minnesota. Shipping's included in all pricing, so they make it simple to order, pay, they'll produce, and ship. TVIV, a proud sponsor of the greatest people you've never met podcast. Joining us today, uh, another Fairmont legend, uh, <laughs> esteemed author, Mr. Ross Bernstein. Ross, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ben. It's great to be on with a fellow Fairmont Cardinal. Good, good to see you, my friend. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I was so excited that we could connect. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have read your stuff. I mean, it's it's a big point of pride to see your, your work all over. And I know you <laughs> probably you. laugh and you hear that, but especially growing up in Fairmont to kind of have somebody, especially in that sports scene for all of us. I mean, I graduated in 2010 and I think probably the first book I got was maybe like fifth or sixth grade. And, you know, you always had Fairmont somewhere in the, the artwork. Yeah. Right. And so it's just so <laughs> right. cool. Um, so, I mean, I guess let's just start, tell me a little bit about your journey and, and getting into the sports writing. I mean, was that something you always wanted to do? Well, thank you. You know, I always loved sports. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I loved sports. And it's kind of one of those, you know, f find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life meets, uh, if you're passionate about something, the money will follow. So it's kind of that. But my, so my story, I, I grew up in, in Fairmont and, and uh, obviously as your listeners know, this little town, Southern Minnesota, where your uncle Kent was one of my very best friends. He still is to this day. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, and we grew up playing football and hockey and baseball and whatever we could do. And we were, you know, none of us were any good. We just loved playing. And yeah. it wasn't like mom and dad came to watch. We, did, we didn't do it to impress anyone. We just loved playing. It was that, that's what you do in a small town. There's nothing else to do. Yep. And uh, anyways, I, long story, I, I went to, uh, when I was 10, I watched the Miracle on Ice hockey game in 1980. And that just changed everything. I wanted to play hockey and hockey's like non-existent down there. So I went, I begged my parents to let me go to the Herb Brooks hockey camp. He had a hockey camp for kids. So we went to the coast to coast hardware store. We bought yeah. sticks and tape and then we had to drive to Mankato, the next big town to get all the stuff. And I was the worst guy there. I won the most improved award for the guy who sucks the most. Nice. Yes. <laughs> And, but I got into hockey and, uh, you know, we guys like Kent and I just, we were teammates forever. And, uh, we were the Domino's pizza hockey team because our high school wouldn't even sponsor us. So, so we would play in these little towns, Wyndham, Laverne, Sleepy Eye, and we, we were all outdoors and, and, uh, you know, I, anyways, I wound up playing and, uh, played all sports. It wasn't like today where kids specialize. I, we, when it was summer, we played baseball. When it was right. winter, we played hockey, it was played football and whatever. But we, um, I went, wound up going to the University of Minnesota. My family were all golden gophers. They bl bled burn and gold. I see you're wearing a gopher jacket here on the Zoom call, yes, which sir. is great. And uh, I got season tickets. And in the late 80s, they were a powerhouse. All these kids got drafted and they played pro. And I got season tickets and was a huge fan. And then I took this class called introduction to ice hockey 101 it was that one credit phi ed course the players taught for their scholarships so i took this class and and i wound up getting to know a bunch of the hockey players and i'd i'd bring them over to my fraternity parties and we'd hang out and drink beers and eventually they said 
you know, after playing with me, they said, you know, you're not that bad of a player. Why don't you try out for the team? Why don't you walk on to the varsity? And I thought, man, come on, I'm from Fairmont. And they yeah. said, no, we, we like you. We want to hang with you. And so we'd rather play with you than some of the other a-holes in the team. So we'll have more fun with you. And I was like, wow. So I, I tried out and um, I didn't last very long. I tried to take out our team captain one day, like a, like a made guy in the mob trying to impress the coaches. And that did not go over well. And I, I wound up getting cut. But the coach Woog called me into his office afterward and he said, look, I got to let you go, but there's another job opening on the team. And, and that was the team mascot, Goldie the Gopher, where you can, for your viewers, you can yeah. see there's my gopher head, my gopher jersey in my, in my background here. So I got to become a, a, a giant smelly rodent. Yes. And I, I got to entertain drunk fans and it turned out I was pretty good at it. And uh, I think the collective blood alcohol level in those days of Mariucci, you know, was about 14. So I, I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> And I got in so much trouble that one night after a game, a publisher approached me and he said, hey, kid, we want to write a book about all the trouble you'd gotten into. As I like to say, apparently it's not appropriate to throw craft cheese singles at the Wisconsin band. Who knew? Yeah. Cheese heads. Yeah. But uh, I thought, who's going to want to read this book? But it, but it kind of spawned the idea. What if I wrote a book about the history of gopher hockey from Goldie the Gopher's point of view? That's never been done. So I called my mom and my dad and I said, mom, dad, I have a career announcement. Now, my mom and dad wanted me to go to graduate school like my two big brothers who, who graduated with your dad, Chip. Yeah, okay. They were all classmates in Fairmont and, and they wanted me to go to grad school. And I said, look, I'm not interested in this college thing anymore. I want to work in sports. That's my passion. So I want to use my money to write and publish a book about the history of gopher hockey from Goldie the Gophers point of view. And I remember the words failure, disappointment, uh, a lot of four little words. This conversation did not go well, but, um, they said, fine, if this is really what you want to do, you know, you can do it, but you better not come crawling back to us when the money's all gone. So I dove in and I started writing this book and I had, trust me, as a 21 year old college senior, I knew nothing about writing books or publishing books or reading books. I mean, I was, I had no idea what to do, but I, I just knew I loved sports. So I started interviewing all the hockey players and, and I wound up coming up with this book. It was called Gopher Hockey by the Hockey Gopher. And it became a cult bestseller. I was, you know, 21. I was doing TV interviews and radio interviews and book signings in the Mall of America. And then companies would call and go, hey, kid, we saw you on TV telling stories. Can you come talk to our company and tell us what you learned? We'll pay you. And I was like, what? You'll pay me? And from that moment, it just, it like launched my career. And I, I, I had, you know, like, look, your first question was, did I want to be a journalist? Yes, but I was too stupid to get in the journalism school. My brother was in the journalism school, but that was kind of a chip on my shoulder. And I kind of always felt like I wasn't good enough for you. Okay. Yeah. So 50 books later, I, I, I made a career out of it. And now I, I get to work as a professional speaker talking about sports and how it helps people in business. So it's kind of a crazy story, but, but that's my story and I'm, I'm sticking to it. Oh, I love <laughs> Of it. And that's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is I've met so many people like you where they've turned their passion into their career. And I think yeah. in a time of 2022 pushing 2023, you can do that, right? I mean, there's so many outlets in the world to be able to do that. And so to see, I mean, really, I mean, you were really breaking a mold 
when you did that? I mean, that wasn't, I mean, how many people are just like, get a traditional job, right? Like your <laughs> right. parents, right? Like go get a real job. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's just so neat and, uh, to follow the, the books and, and all that. And I well, mean, interestingly, I, a few weeks ago, Bennett, I wound up getting asked to speak at Fairmont high school, I saw, which it. was really, which, yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And I, I, I saw coach Mahoney, who I'm sure you knew and as a fellow coach in Southern Minnesota and played with and forward anyways. And I came in and, and kind of a lot of my messaging was, you know, telling a little bit of that story was just what you said. I mean, look at you, look at us right now. We're on a podcast. Yeah. You don't need to be a famous celebrity to have a podcast. You don't, you know, to be a, a, a TikTok influencer now or a YouTube channel, or, I mean, I had to leverage my graduate school money, real money to publish a book. Right. If it failed, I would have, I would have been doomed. And now you can start a blog, a vlog, a, you know, you can, you can do anything, you know, but Justin Bieber did not need a record label to become famous. He just needed to a platform. Right. And I think that's the key is that the playing field has been leveled and anyone can do anything now. And if you're passionate about it, and and you can find an audience people will listen and that's why we're on what episode 30 36 or something like that so yeah. you've been going to town it's great yeah absolutely now appreciate that yeah it's just i mean it's fun and it is a good message to to push out and uh spoiler alert uh coach mahoney's the next the next uh podcast so <laughs> you're uh, great yeah great. yeah so your, mean, da- your dad and i your dad and i i was a, a guard he was a tackle so we played next to each other and on the football offensive line uh under under your next guest grandfather yeah yeah Dabber Mahoney, Tom yeah. Mahoney. So yeah. it was his, he was a coach, then his dad was a coach. Now, now it's the next generation. So it's pretty, pretty cool. And they're playing in Mahoney field, which is pretty awesome. It is. It is. It's all, it's, it's so cool. Uh, so as I kind of touch back on like some of your story, um, you know, one of my favorite books, and I actually just found out there's a football one. I had no idea, but it was the code, the baseball one. Uh, yeah. so I just ordered the football one cause I didn't know <laughs> that was a thing. Um, but what has been your favorite book to write? Yeah. So these, I don't know. Can you people see us? Are they watching in as well? Some uh, of them? Yeah, they will be. Yeah. Somewhat. Well, these are the code books. This is the baseball code and the football or the base uh, hockey code. So it's about the unwritten unspoken rules in sports. The football code's too far to reach, but the hockey code's kind of cool. It's about fighting in hockey, but it's about this honor code the players live by. And if you break these, these rules, these codes, these unwritten rules, that's what leads to fighting. So it's really, um, Fascinating in baseball, it's why you get drilled. If you cheat, if you take shortcuts, if you take liberties with a, a lesser player, if you do something nefarious or sneaky, you're gonna have to pay a price. So the cool, kind of cool. The hockey code book got turned into a couple different documentaries, and then even a feature film by an Academy Award-winning director, which was really cool. Um, you know, I'd say my favorite book is a book I wrote. Uh, well, there's this book, which was kind of fun. That's- I love Brett Favre. I hate Brett Favre just because I hate the Packers, but I'd say this book was, was really fun. It's a book about Herb Brooks and the Miracle on Ice hockey team. And this book was cool too, called Wearing the Sea about great captains. Kent and I were huge. Your, your uncle Kent and I were huge Gretzky fans. So to get to know a lot of these players um, later in life has been really fun. Uh, the book about Herb Brooks is very meaningful. It's a book I was working on with Herbie. It's kind of a full circle story. And I met him when I was 10 and then we became friends later i reached out to him actually he reached out to me when my book when i started my book he, he was coaching in the nhl and he had heard about the book and he reached out and called me out of the blue it was literally a call that changed my life and he said i want to help you i want this book to succeed because he told me that his passion was to grow the game and get more kids playing hockey and places like fairmont where he told me that years early he drove three hours through a blizzard to start a youth hockey program and ironically bennett 
couple weeks ago, I was in Phoenix in, in Tempe and the Arizona state beat the Gophers yeah. ranked number one in the country. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, that game never happens without the miracle on ice. Sure. It, it, it's, it's grown hockey in Texas and Florida and California. Um, so it's very profound. So Herb asked me to write that book with him and I was working on it with him when he died. I was actually golfing with Herb the morning he was killed in the car accident back in 2003. And I helped to create the Herb Brooks foundation with his family. And today I've been the president of the foundation, um, for nearly 20 years and we've raised millions of dollars to help kids play sports to keep Herbie's legacy alive. So I donate proceeds from that book and, and different books to that organization. So that's probably my favorite book just because it really helps make a difference for kids. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's an incredible foundation. I mean, incredible story. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of, especially sports fans in, in America that don't know who Herb Brooks is. You know, so many people love right. the Miracle movie and, and all of that. And, and you're right, it is absolutely crazy to me uh, to see how much hockey's grown, especially being down here. You know, there's so many youth hockey programs. Granted, there's a ton of people from the East Coast and, you know, Minnesota, North Dakota that live down here now, right? But um, to see the hockey explosion is pretty wild. Um, And I know, I mean, I know a couple of people, I actually had a guest on, her son was from here and he played at St. Cloud State. And he was yeah. one of the first Arizonans to play right. at St. Cloud, right? And it's, yeah. I mean, it's a wild thing. So it is a cool foundation for sure. And I think anytime you can give the kids an opportunity to chase a dream, I mean, you're living yours, right? I mean, it's it's pretty sweet. So, yeah, yeah, it's very very awesome to be able to kind of do good and do well. You have fun and you can help people at the same time. That's that's certainly a win-win. Absolutely. So I do have a question about being Goldie the Gopher. Did you start the spin your head or was that after you? <laughs> uh, well, allegedly, uh, it's been a little bit controversial over the years. Okay. I'd like to think so. I was the first non-band member Goldie. So I was the, uh, uh, and the reason I wore the, wore my uniform is because I was like, I was too fat for the costume. So I like, I had to like, you know, wore my hockey uniform. And then I, the head, the, the, the old head, you can see it up here. It was so old and it broke. And that's how I was, it was a helmet underneath. It's a hockey helmet and it broke so I could spin it. And uh, that's kind of how, how, at least in my, at least in my estimation, it started. But uh, apparently there, there are people that, that claim there were other, other Goldies prior. So I can't, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, but, uh, but I definitely had a blast being, uh, being Goldie. And it's cool. My daughter is a junior at the University of Minnesota now. My wife and I met there and, and uh, love the Gophers. And I'm just, uh, um, just a huge fan. So it's just awesome to see them doing well. Absolutely. I mean, Goldie is I mean, that's America's mascot. That could be the next book, right? <laughs> that's I mean, right. Uh, Forget Mickey Mouse. Goldie the Gopher yeah, is uh, the it, new America's mascot. I like that. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I, I took uh, my girlfriend to the uh, – They well, last year they played down here at Chase in the bowl game. And so we yeah. went, and she saw him spin his head for the first time, and then she lost <laughs> it. Now she loves Goldie, right? So right. she's hooked on the Gophers. Uh, it's unfortunate because there's going to be a lot of heartbreak to follow. Um, <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, as you've wrote – wrote these books and and you've got to I mean share stories that you've heard I, mean, I remember in the wrestling one you shared a, a story about the Belcom brothers right and I mean just the kind of legends that we grew up but to share those what's been probably the the story that has gotten like the most positive feedback or uh, or you hear a lot like people loved hearing that story well, there's so many stories. I've interviewed thousands of professional athletes now writing, writing all these books and being a member of the media. So there's just so many. But, you know, it, the cool thing now is what I'm able to do is I'm able to tie 
sports to business as a professional speaker. I'm a, I'm a keynote speaker and I speak at about 130 conferences a year. Um, and I talk about sports and business and how they connect, how, you know, people like Wayne Gretzky were real givers. And I tie that to being, you know, a giver in business and how that ties to sales and how a guy like Tom Brady, who I've been able to meet and interview, you know, talk about consistency and how he's able to, to be at the top of his game at the age of 45 and how that ties to being a great leader or tying into, you know, just the grind of a lot of people in everyday life. And um, so there's really so much we can learn from sports. It ties to business, but I'm definitely a storyteller. Storytelling is how you connect. It's how you build relationships. It's how you um, really are able to, you know, foster a much more authentic conversation by being able to share stories. So luckily I've always been a, just a, a good storyteller and, and now being able to tie sports stories to business stories and companies that I've worked with and how they win and how they win the right way and do business the right way. It's just, it's really a lot of fun. So it allows me a lifestyle that I'm able to, to lead where I'm able to just travel around the world with my wife and with our kid and, and, uh, and just kind of have fun and being able to help people. So it's really very, very gratifying, very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Probably a big shout out to Miss Gruber, huh? Helped you with and their story yeah. writing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. One of our old teachers in Fairmont. Yeah, absolutely. I had her all the way through. So, you know, I, I it was fun when I was in Fairmont a few weeks ago speaking. There were like a thousand kids at the, the high school that came out. And and uh, um, one of my favorite teachers was a guy named Mr. Tweeten, who was my fourth grade teacher in Fairmont. And I I, I invited him and he sat down and, and I, I, call, I acknowledged him. Um, Actually, when I talked about Wayne Gretzky and how he loved assists, I said, I want to talk about one of the greatest assists I ever got was from Mr. Tweet. And I talked about how, you know, in fourth grade, I was, I was terrible at math. I just couldn't get it. And he, but he knew I loved sports. So he would, he'd bring in the, the old, like the Star Tribune newspaper and we'd look at the box scores from the North Stars and the Twins and the Vikings. And, and we'd go over, we'd go over, you know, sports scores and he'd tie them to math. Mm-hmm. And it just clicked with me then, right? And and he, just, he became my favorite teacher. And if you're a teacher, that's like the that's like the, the ultimate, right? When some kid says that you're their favorite teacher, you like you. It, so I, I, he came down, and I I wound up donating a, a five hundred dollar check in his his honor for the teachers to go out and get some Jake's pizza, oh, <laughs> just boy. just do something fun. So it's kind of a cool kind of a cool moment. He got kind of teary eyed, and I got kind of teary eyed. It was a neat neat moment to come home and to see some of your old teachers. He's still Mister Tweeting. I can't. Call him Lenny. Yeah, I just can't do it. It's still just Mister Tweeting. Yeah, that's that's very cool. That's funny because on this show, I have a very controversial take. So I was going to ask you, as a fellow Fairmontite, where Jake's Pizza ranks on your pizza list? <laughs> well, we were the Domino's Pizza hockey team, so my my allegiances, you know, have to be uh, very clear. They're the only ones that would buy us jerseys. Right. <laughs> it's interesting. It's now you know. It's interesting. I, I keynote a lot of pizza conferences. I've keynoted Little Caesars Pizza and I, I'm at a lot of these places. In fact, that was kind of a cool, cool gig. Uh, um, the owner of the Little Caesars is Mr. Illich, who also owns the Detroit Red Wings. So he brought me to work with the Red Wings after I, after I spoke, which was really cool, getting a chance to uh, work with some of the teams. So uh, I, I'm, I'm also very loyal to Little Caesars because they really took care of me. So that's, that's another one of my faves. I love it. Uh, no, Ross, I'm, I'm extremely grateful of your time and uh, thank you so much. And I just have a couple questions as we get to winding down here. Obviously, you are a diehard Minnesota fan. And that's how yeah. you got into all of this, right? So you live and die. Um, 
thing I like to do on the pod is everybody we kind of go through, especially when I know it's a fellow Minnesota fan, right? They're everywhere. Assess the Minnesota Golden Gophers football season for me <laughs> real quick. Let's start there. Let's start there. Your thoughts on, on the Minnesota Gophers I guess in general, I, I, I'm, I know you're a hockey guy. I'm a big football guy, and I think there's a lot of eyes on that football program right now. I've written several Gopher football books, so I, too, am a diehard Gopher football fan. Uh, I suffer with them. Um, you know, I, look, we got the axe, which is amazing, but we lost the pig. You, you, you Look, I got the – there's my pig. Yep. Uh, there's my axe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's my little brown jug. Yep. Uh, sadly, these are the replicas. So I, you know, I, I would like the real thing, but, uh, look, I, you know, um, I, I've gotten an OPJ. He's, he's great. He, he speaks millennial. It's another language mm-hmm. to be connects with young people. Um, we're getting some great recruiting classes. He's getting, he's getting some kids to come through the transfer portal. Uh, the problem with college sports now is the NIL money, the name image likeness, they can pay athletes, which in principle is good, but it's a, it's a can of worms that they should never have opened without more rules. And, right. and now with the, with the transfer portal, p- players come and go, there's no loyalty. Uh, you can flip players up until signing day or when they come on campus and it's just players, um, works out for a lot of the football players, but you know, if you're a women's volleyball player or softball player, they don't get paid. So it's just, it's just the wild, wild West. And it's, you know, you look at a kid like Peyton Manning's nephew coming in now, Arch Manning coming in. I think he's got someone, something like 7 million so far, just in NIL money. And this is a high school senior. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Right. It's just, so I don't know. I love the Gophers. I'm glad they made a bowl game. Um, I don't know. We're we're gonna always struggle. It's just hard. We don't live in a in a in a you know we live in a town where there's four major sports. You got the Vikings, Twins, Wild Wolves. Plus you've got pro soccer. You know you've got the WNBA. You've got the Guthrie Theater. Right. You've got. I want to go up to the cabin every weekend in September. I don't want to go to a football game. It's not like Madison or Iowa City or Lincoln, Nebraska, where you're the only show in town. Right. You're maybe, maybe, you know, on some weekend, you might be second best, fourth best. You know, there's go for hockey is, has a huge following. Go for basketball. Now St. Thomas is division one. Yeah. Um, yep. In, in the Twin Cities, not to mention we have, you know, seven division one schools in Minnesota, or six or seven now with St. Cloud, uh, Duluth, Mankato, uh, Bemidji. So St. Thomas, Gophers. So, I mean, it's, there's just, it's, it's great, but Gopher football, just, you know, they're never going to be incredible because we're never going to pay to be, you know what I mean? Like right. Ohio State, Michigan have 110,000 seat stadiums. Ours is 45-ish, right? whatever. So I don't know. I love them, but, you know, I, I've just, I set my expectations low, so I'm not crushed. If we have a big win, I'm, it's great. But when we lose to Iowa, it just, I, it kills me. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, maybe the next time you have the ears uh, of 3M or, or Kellogg or, you know, <laughs> right. Target, uh, whoever, you can push some NIL thoughts out. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of that take, especially now going into the 12-man playoff or the 12-team playoff. I think yeah. that it's going to open 
some doors for us. But um, I agree with you. Uh, being a coach in Minnesota for a, for a while, getting to go to yeah. Gophers practice and be around PJ. Yeah. He's an incredible human. I know he's not for everybody and not a lot of people like him. But, boy, yeah. if you just sit down and listen to him and – it's it's pretty incredible, and I think I'm extremely thankful that he's the head. You coach coached at over. you coached at Friendly Progressive Truman, right? That's correct. Yeah. Was that was that nine man? It was, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was just down in Texas this last week, and one of my clients, uh, their kid just won the six man state championship in Texas, which I thought was interesting because Texas has like you know right. like their class seven A pretty much has like about every single kid is going to play Division One football. Oh, yeah. Their offensive line averages like three thirty. It's pretty unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. But, but yeah, that kind of football is fun. And that's so cool that you got to coach at that level and help those kids. And you get those tough farm kids with strong hands and lots of older brothers would beat them up. And oh, yeah. you gotta, you gotta do more with less. You, you, it's all about, it's a speed game. It's a different game, but I love the fact that you were uh, helping kids. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. Uh, giving back is pretty powerful. So, um, and then the last thing here, I know we're short on time. Your thoughts on the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. Are you riding this wave of emotion? No, man. Uh, I mean, where are you at? Are we winning the Super Bowl, Ross, or what? I bleed purple. Yeah. I I was so happy I did not have a purple hangover on Sunday watching that craziness with Indiana. I I tell you what, last season we lost every game by a, a, a point, a touchdown. This year we're winning every game. Um. Again, I after you know fifty years of suffering um, and writing so many books about this team, I I live and die with the Vikings. I bleed purple like you and your your dad and brother and 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 your grandpa Maynard and yeah. and Grandma Shelley. Uh, I I just can't let myself go there. I I just had breakfast with Kirk Cousins at a we're both in this group this networking group and and he he's such a nice guy. Um, people, you know, I just, I love the guy, but you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, I, I just don't know if we've got the horses to get it done this year. I think we're going to, obviously we're in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I would like to think we'll win a game, but are we better than Philly? No. Are we better than Dallas or, or San Francisco? Probably not. Right. We still have, you know, what if green Bay sneaks in? I hate to play them. Yeah. I don't know if look if we win it, I'm gonna weep like a baby. It's gonna be the most humble. But I have a sad feeling that they're gonna be rolling your uncle Kent and I out on the field when we're both like 111 years old, going, <laughs> "Let's win it for these guys," like they do, you know. Whenever there's like those old guys that have never seen a championship, so yeah. I just can't let myself get too high or too low with this team because they disappoint me every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, is, is that your th- what, is that your t- what's your take? What do you what do you uh, feel? No, I'm the most optimistic Vikings fan you'll ever find. Uh, I have I have a a, a text pinned uh, in a group chat yeah. from Saturday yes. when they were down 33 nothing. I just text and I said these guys are going to win the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they just start marching back and. I they just, heard you. Yeah, they did. You know, I was in the locker room, gave the pep talk, right? Uh, no, but I ride it pretty high, and then I also am like, okay, like uh, when we're down, it, if, it's it, and by the way, it's in your hometown. So if right. they win, you, it'll it's right there. So yeah. I mean, how yeah. serendipitous would that be? And I'm sure tickets are cheap. There'll probably only be twenty grand. Yeah, so you'll be you'll <laughs> yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah, a uh, year's salary or two, and I'll be sitting in the nosebleeds. Right. <laughs> That's uh, right. That's right. Uh, no, it's uh, it's been fun. I love being a Vikings fan. It. it it, it it provides 
it's just one of the, I think it's there's no better teams to be fans of than the teams that are constantly bring you up, bring you up, bring you up, and then cut you down. Right? It's just I know. be a part of something that you can't control. It's good for the heart, and, and it's a I lot know. of fun. Um, so uh, as we really wind down here, uh, if you if you could give one tidbit to everybody um, listening to kind of go after their dreams, or maybe what's one one little thing that's helped Ross get by. Oh man, that's a that's an insightful question. You know, I just again, it's there's a lot of disruption. I had to get out of this. I had to get out of the book business because Amazon disrupted my world. Everyone's being disrupted, right? Whether it's Uber or Airbnb. I mean, you know, Borders is gone. B. Dalton's is gone. Walden Books is gone. Crown Books is gone. Barnes and Noble is hanging on by a thread. I mean, everyone's business is going to get disrupted at some point. So I think you've got to figure out kind of what you love to do and be willing to change and adapt. That's the key. No one's just going to ever be real comfortable. Uh, even the NFL, an organization that owns a day of the week, they're, they're changing, man. They got to right. get kids involved. They got to find, they're like big tobacco. They got to find new customers. Kids yeah. aren't quitting football. They're not starting football. Head injuries, post-concussion syndrome, CTE. This is a problem. Um, psychotic parents, you know, Herb Brooks used to always say his dream team would be a team of orphans. No parents, <laughs> as you know, as a coach, right? Yes. So it's, it's, um, We've all got to change and adapt and, and find new things and keep finding value to ways to help people. And if you can have fun doing it, that that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Well, Ross, I appreciate your time so much. No, you're a busy Thank you. man. I hope you get to go on your trip tomorrow. I uh, hope the <laughs> snow and the cold doesn't slow you down. I uh, would love to connect sometime when you're in Phoenix to share some stories and uh, watch a game. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. It would be. But uh, thank you so much for doing this with me. It means Thanks, the Benny. world. Give a big uh, hug to your, your uncle and your old man for me. I absolutely will. Uh, be good, Ross. Appreciate you. Happy holidays. Thank you. You as well. Awesome interview uh, with Ross Bernstein there, fellow Fairmontite. Uh, just absolute blast to be able to connect with Ross. Obviously, thank you to my Uncle Kent for connecting us. Uh, extremely thankful for that. And uh, be sure to check out all of his books. It's good stuff. But uh, as we get to winding down here, I just want to take a moment. Uh, you know, 2022 is winding down. And uh, it's uh, been a wild ride. And we are we're full bore into this podcasting thing. And I can't thank you all enough for listening every week. Uh, it's such a blast to be able to do this. Uh, meet new people, uh, share stories with my friends, um, you know, just just show the world, you know, the greatest people that the world's never met. And that's kind of what it's all about. And I think you all can tell from episode one to maybe my first solo pod to now today sitting here doing this. Um, it, I'm all in and it's been a blast and I thank you all. And um, as we kind of go through, you know, the last couple days here of the year, I just challenge everybody to maybe find something in 2023 that you want to take a leap on. Um We've had so much success with this, and I know success looks different to everybody, but when we were told that we're in the top 5% of the world of podcasts, so there's probably five, t 5 billion, and that leaves us in a huge number, but still um, an incredible demographic that I never thought we would see. Um, so I thank you all so much, but it all, it all stemmed from taking a chance. Um, moving to Arizona was a huge risk that I took, and it's worked out so well and uh, miss everybody back home but I'm not missing the 50 below that you're having right now so um, 
I'm not saying you got to pack your things up and move across the country because I know that's not for everybody, but get out of your comfort zone. It would have been so easy to just stay and, and you know, just just live a productive life in Southern Minnesota and there would have been nothing wrong with that. But I, I'm extremely happy for the people in my life. Um, I've got really good people. Uh, I said it a couple of weeks ago on my 31 years of learning pod. Um, I keep continuing to meet extraordinary people. Um, not every day goes as planned. Not everybody, you know, not every day is, is exactly how I want it to turn out to be or every episode is perfect or anything like that. But man, life's pretty good. And I think, uh, you know, you find, you find your support system, stick to those people. Uh, people will come and go. People will show their true colors. Um, just, just stick to the people that, you know, have your back through thick and thin, take a chance. Uh, Whatever that is, I know that you're listening right now and you're thinking of something that you want to do and you're just scared to do it. And I'm going to tell you just to do it. And I know that's easy advice, but um, when I sat here in April, uh, end of March, I guess, and recorded that very first episode, I talked for three minutes and I had to press pause because I was so nervous and so scared of what everybody was going to think. And I think I've unlocked in myself again that extremely confident person that just believes in in himself and and going and do what you got to do and work hard and it all fall into place. But uh, the world's getting crazy and there's a lot of negative um, things in the world, obviously, uh, that can just continue to drag you down. Um, But. I've said it again once here in the last couple minutes. I'll say it again. Just find good people. um, Find something that you love. Take a chance on it. Work towards it. Um, You know, maybe, I mean, listen back to some of these episodes from, you know, Riss Parker, who's, you know, the theme song of this pod, who gets to, you know, make music every day, to Luis, who's a stand-up comedian. Um the MSB wax guys, a uh, Ross Bernstein. I mean, all those people who are truly, they've taken their passions and turned it into a career. I just think that's extremely incredible. Uh, I'm extremely thankful to have met all of them. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to them and I, there's, there's some good ones coming. I'm extremely excited for the people that we get to introduce you to. Uh, if you have somebody that you think would be a great guest for this podcast, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm going to, you know, sometimes I have to have fillers in and I still want to have all of my friends on cause I think they are the greatest people in the world. And, uh, I want to share them with you because they're all they're all killing it, and that's why we're friends. Uh, we're all you know like minded in the fact of doing whatever it takes to be successful and treating people right and all that stuff. So, um, thank you also to uh, the people who have shared this and pubbed the pod all over. Um, I know we were just in the Southern Minnesota Home Magazine, uh, kind of wild, uh, but thank you for the publicity there. Uh, thank you to everybody who shares this to your feeds. It means the, a ton, and that's how we grow, and that's how we get the bigger and better guests. And uh, yeah, just keep continuing to share it if you if you really want to support us. And that's all I need is is you to put it on your feed like you're trying to win a twenty five dollar gift certificate to the local bar. Um, 
But I appreciate you all for taking time out of your life every week to listen. Um, the last year has been so great to me. I hope it's been as good to me as it has been to you. Um, if not, just keep grinding. Brighter days ahead, always. Uh, thankful for all of your support, your listening. Uh, I guess we'll just wrap it for 2023 heading into 20, or excuse me, 2022 heading into 2023 strong. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, rate five stars, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Be good, everybody.